This message comes from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. May 9th, 2021. John 15, 9-17. We've been looking the past couple weeks at how we are connected to our God. And if you recall, we started off seeing how that connection that we have with him brings us peace. The living Jesus comes to us and he says, Peace be with you. Our sins are forgiven. We are at peace with God. That's the kind of connection he desires that we have. And then we also saw how that connection is established. It's not a connection that we establish by our own works or established by our own wisdom. It's something that we have through faith. Faith in the, the word of God found in the scriptures. We saw how Jesus opens our minds to understand the scriptures that we might trust in him and have his peace. And then we also saw how with the peace also comes God's protection and providence. Our good shepherd guides us, cares for us, keeps us in his peace, even though there are attacks of the enemy that want to pull us away from the scriptures and destroy our faith and our connection with our God. But we are shepherded by him. And so our connection remains secure as we trust in him. And then last week, last week we saw that now that we are connected to our God, we are connected that we might bear fruit. But we cannot do that on our own. That fruit is produced as we are branches connected to the vine. So our connection to our God bears fruit as he works in us what is good and pleasing according to him. We pick up now once again on John chapter 15, and we see what holds all of those connections together that we are in his peace, that we listen to his word and trust in him, that we are shepherded and that we are productive as we remain in him. What holds it all together can really be summed down to one word, love. That's what we saw in our readings this morning, that it's his love that binds all this together. This morning we look at what Jesus says regarding his love in John chapter 15, starting at verse 9. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. The measure of God's love for us is something we cannot even fathom. Can you picture the the love that exists in the Trinity between the Father and Son and Spirit? Love that was there from all eternity. That type of love which is absolute love between the Father and Son never having what we see between mothers and children today, divisions or arguments, but always peace, connection, unity. That perfect love, Jesus says, that the Father has with him, he says, so I have loved you. Can you picture yourself now being drawn by Christ? And we'll see that later on. It really is him drawing us into the sphere of love that he enjoys with the Father as you are brought into the family of God. So I have loved you. And so he says to us, what what keeps that connection? He says, remain in my love. Now before we misunderstand this and begin to think that we earn God's love, we have to look back on what we saw before, that this love is something God gave to us. He says, I have loved you. But he does say, remain in my love, because we can reject God's love. We can lose his love as we turn to the sinful heart and the works of the flesh. He says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. 
Jesus perfectly followed the Father's will, never even in thought deviating from the Father's good plan and gracious will. And he says, remain in my love just as I did, and I follow my Father's will. And don't think that following God's commands is going to be a burden in the relationship or destroy the love that exists between us and our God. Jesus says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. The world around us would make it think that if you are connected to God and love, it's a relationship in which you're a slave and you're serving your God and you don't want to keep his commands. And that somehow keeping God's commands is burdensome. And maybe we want to find some things in Scripture and change them because it's just not loving when God says it that way. But not so. Not for those who know the love of God. We find his commands bring us joy. Keeping God's commands gives us delight. Sharing and speaking the word of God brings us joy. There is not a part of scripture that we need to be ashamed of or embarrassed to speak of, but rather every command, everything instructed by our God, our gracious God, is good. For example, just consider the fourth commandment in honoring authority. He says that it may go well for you. Every one of God's commands, from the sixth commandment in how we treat our body, the seventh commandment in how we treat our wealth, the eighth, ninth, and tenth commandment, how we treat our tongue and our words and our thoughts. All of them are designed for joy in serving God, bearing fruit not as those who bear it as a burden, but as a joy in the name of our God. And how does he sum that fruit? He says in verse 12, My command is this, love each other. So that we might fully understand what he means. Remember, this is the night before Jesus dies. He says, Love each other as I have loved you. Is that the type of love that we hold and have? The type of love that we remain in? He says, As I have loved you. Greater love has known than this, that he laid down his life for my friend, his friends. The love of Christ, the unfathomable love that he enjoyed with the Father, is a love expressed in his laying down his life for you. Maybe sometimes our love might fall short of that. We might think we're remaining in God's love, but the love that we share with someone else is only there if they meet their end of the bargain, if they're good to us. Jesus laid down his life even though his disciples would abandon and betray him, even though this world had rejected him. Love one another as Christ loved means to love without condition and without expecting anything in return. And maybe we might think we're remaining in God's love as we love others, but we're holding back. We might say, well, I'll, I'll love someone and I'll give them my time, but that love becomes less and less cheerful as they eat up more and more of our time. And soon we start to grumble or complain against the person who's taking our time. Jesus says, as I have loved you. Not only is it an unconditional love, but the love that he calls for from us is sacrificial. A love which gives of oneself, not just giving of your time or your body 
or your talents, but your very life. Jesus says, love as I have loved you with a sacrificial love. And maybe we might find that we're remaining in God's love and loving one another as we show love and share love with one another. But that love, though at times might fail to be unconditional, might fail to be sacrificial, it might fail to be gracious love. Love that is given undeserved and unearned. Jesus goes on, You are my friends if you do what I command. And once again, don't misunderstand. He's not saying keeping his laws makes you his friend. He says, I have called you friends. He made us his friend with his great love for us. And we remain in his love, remain his friends as we continue to hold to his word and love one another. And there's the the real part that hits our hearts. What about the times where I fail to love one another, where I fail to love my fellow believer, fail to love my brother and sister, and fail to do what my God commands? Am I still his friend? Does he still love me? We ought not to consider ourselves friends of God when we look at the life that we've lived. But Jesus says, I have called you friends. And we know that because he's revealed to us everything that he knows. A slave does not know what the master is doing, but Jesus tells us his word, reveals his plan, and he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Friends of Jesus, chosen and loved by God, here's the comfort as you are living a life and remaining in God's love. He chose you for this. We'll see in our Bible study later this morning how that that choosing was from eternity, not just when Jesus called them to be his disciples or called you to be his disciples, but from eternity, God chose you to be his own. Let's not mistake or think that we have chosen to be God's friend or that we have loved. No, he says, I have loved you. I have chosen you. And the loving and choosing that Jesus had for you was that he would, as he says here, lay down his life for you and make you not just a slave who serves him now, but a friend, someone who is important to him, someone who is chosen by him and precious in his sight. You became the friend of God as he came down from heaven and he became your brother and your friend as he laid down his life to take your place. For all the times that we did not remain in God's love, he was perfect, and he should not have died. But he gave his life for his friends. Can you think of any greater love than the love of God, and the love of God expressed for you in Christ, as he made you his own? I chose you. And he chose us for a purpose. He chose us to be connected to him, to enjoy his peace, to trust in him, to be under his care, but also to bear fruit. He says, I chose and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. This is my command, love each other. Brothers and sisters in Christ, our love at times will, yes, fall short, but we are called now to love as God has loved us. 
He loved us with an incomprehensible love to make us his own and to make us his friends. As you live out your life with whether it be your neighbor or your spouse or your child or the person that you have to deal with at work or whatever it might be, the relationship that you must live in, the Lord has appointed you to bear fruit that you might love as he has loved you. Unconditional, sacrificial, graciously given. And yes, with the new self choosing to love the other because God chose you in Christ. Amen.